Arturo Marán. Arturo, ¿de dónde? Estamos aquí de Saicedo. Yeah, it's all static still. I don't know what it is. Oh, dude, you got it. Hold it right there. Bienvenidos, buenos amigos, to the first episode of The Spoken Tour. Man, I really need to work on rolling my R's. I sound more like Chewbacca than I do a seasoned Spanish speaker. But hey, we're stoked that you made it. Thanks for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, well, we have about 15,000 more miles of content to share with you as we pedal our way down the Pacific coast, blasting through nearly every single country in Latin America, stopping at every single empanada stand. Okay, maybe not every single empanada stand, but close to it. We're excited to share the stories, the people, the places, I don't know, maybe in some of the secret spots we encounter along the way. And who knows? Maybe you'll even learn a thing or two. But as far as this first episode goes, well, it's going to be a little different. You see, I'm here in Denver in my makeshift recording studio, which is underneath my bed sheets, and Tyler is about a thousand miles away in Phoenix. He's driving up here next week, so since he's not here, I guess I can tell you a little bit about him. Now, Tyler reigns from the Valley of the Sun, in other words, Phoenix, Arizona, and he is a bona fide grade A desert rat. For whatever reason, the 120-degree summers, rattlesnake pits, and scorpion dens, well, Tyler just gets off to that shit. I still can't put a finger on it. Maybe he was bitten by something when he was younger or fell into a radioactive cactus, but this kid's not human. He's a get-off-the-couch-with-no-training, run-a-marathon, set-a-personal-record, and beat-everyone-else-in-his-age-group kind of person. For most of us, age seems to show its face through achy muscles, sore backs, couple of wobbly steps when you get out of bed in the morning, but not for Tyler. It seems to be doing quite the opposite for him. Swimming longer, biking faster, running farther. I don't know what it is about this kid, but there's something about him. And to top it off, he can dance. He is a grade A groover. Whether it's a cha-cha, a mambo, a rumba, a waltz, a swing dance, a moonwalk, he can do it all. If you know Ty, you know that he's a man of a few words. But when he's got something to say, people listen. He's thoughtful, he's pensive, and when he says he's going to do something, he does it. He's a man of his word. Superhuman or not, the brain can only handle so many years being scorched by the desert sun. So Ty did a little bit of growing up, a little bit of thinking, and he came out to the University of Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cue the montage. Met our first day in our first class, top roped our way through our freshman year, summoned a few peaks through our second, snowboarded, spring breaked, partied, you know the deal. Junior year, Tikers down to Ecuador, spent half a year there, we met up in Patagonia, somehow convinced DU to give us more credits down there when we would have earned in a classroom back in Denver. Came back, drank beer, graduated. Ty then took his degree and became the city's premier cannoli maker. A man can only handle being that close to the oven for so long, so Ty took off and decided to be a guide for a while. That brought him to Yellowstone, back to Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado for a little bit, and, oh, you guessed it, back to Zona. In between leading trips to Havasupai Falls in the Grand Canyon, Ty works for K2 Adventures Foundation, an organization that helps folks with disabilities get out there and enjoy the outdoors. 
Now, I don't think I can chalk it up to the sun scorching Tyler's brain again, but I think he's got the bug. He knows he has to get out again. He has to use that age-defying radioactive body of his and, well, to, I guess bike 15,000 miles down to Patagonia. Wow. Thank you, Tommy, for that glowing introduction. Please allow me to return the favor, if you would. Folks, Tommy hails from St. Paul, Minnesota, and I can only assume he spent his childhood doing the typical Minnesota stuff like ice fishing and shoveling snow and eating deep-fried shit on a stick at the State Fair or the Mall of America or both. Who knows? Anyway, by some miracle, Tommy survived the Arctic winters and the mosquito-caked summers and those wood chippers that the Cohen brothers would have us all terrified of. He finally wised up and decided to move out to Colorado so he could drink beer and snowboard on actual mountains. All right, all right, all right, Tom, I hear you. That, whoa, uh, hold on. Uh, scratch that. It says here that it was to read and study at the University of Denver. That must have been a typo in my notes. Or maybe not. Tough to say, based on the social calendar that that guy was keeping in those days. But even if his intentions were leaning a little bit toward the former, I probably couldn't be one to judge. Mine were not too far off, and since we had similar recreational goals, I got to know Tom pretty well at parties and on chairlifts and spring break campouts and the like, and we became good friends. As we progressed in school, we chose to pursue almost identical degrees, and we started spending a lot more time together in classrooms, computer labs, wilderness ecology programs, and I got to know him on a more personal, almost psychological level. You hear that, Tom? I can read your mind. Anyway, I realized that not only did this guy know how to have a good time, but he knows how to be creative and he takes the time to think things through, and in most cases, his thinking is pretty similar to mine. That aspect of our friendship, I think, is really important, especially in the context of this trip, because it's not so much to have similar interests as another person, but understanding one another's way of thinking and seeing and interpreting the world around you in a similar way, that's pretty unique. And there aren't many people out there that I have that dual commonality with. Lately, Tom has been working as a sustainability coordinator at the global headquarters of one of the world's leading providers of kidney healthcare. So when he's not shaving energy costs and water consumption and waste production of this Fortune 500 company, he's out contributing to community building organizations throughout Denver, like the Denver Food Rescue, Cafe 180, and Bikes Together. Outside of his career and his service to the community, Tom is hands down one of the most aggressive weekend warriors that I know. There may not be any hard data to confirm it, but I would be willing to bet that Tom holds some kind of world record for the shortest elapsed time between the front door of his office building in downtown Denver and the top of some 11,000-foot pass in the mountains. In my opinion, Tommy perfectly embodies the reluctant enthusiast and the half-hearted fanatic. Now, that probably sounds insulting to some folks, but it shouldn't, because what I mean to say is that he is caring and charismatic and genuine and when he's invested in something, he'll tell you, and you'll know right away that whatever it is, it's significant. But he does not get burnt out or consumed by it. 
He will always save time and energy for getting out and getting down and doing the things that make him happy with his friends, even if he has to suffer a little bit to get to those fun parts. And he'll almost always have that goofy, overly nice, polite Minnesota grin on his face while he's doing it, making people laugh, either with him or at him. He doesn't really care. So those are the things about Tom that make him an ideal partner for this trip. His work ethic, his toughness, his willingness to make a fool of himself, his positivity, and his ironclad commitment to having fun. Of course, time will tell if I'll have any of these nice things to say about him in a year's time. One year. One whole year. More or less. We're not entirely sure. We've never done anything like this. We've put in countless hours of planning and prep, but anybody who has spent any significant amount of time in the outdoors can tell you that will only take you so far. At some point, you've got to just buckle in, saddle up, and send it. So that's what we're doing here in about two weeks' time. We hope that some of you out there will remain interested and follow along as our endeavor unfolds. With some conveniently placed Wi-Fi hotspots, a solar charger that, quite frankly, is a bit older than either of us would like, and a little luck, we'll be releasing our episodes of The Spoken Tour about every fortnight. However, we have to warn you. Here it is. If you're used to professionally produced pieces of radio perfection, our show probably won't be anything like that. We'll be recording in a tent, editing on a smartphone, publishing from roadside internet cafes, all while peddling ourselves ragged every day. So, what we may lack in acoustic quality, we will make up for with unique content from those blank spaces on the map that you would never discover from the comfort of your Google search bar. And on the off chance that something like that does sound appealing to you, well then cheers. You are probably our kind of people. And we encourage you to keep checking in, keep reaching out, and keep letting us know what you think. And you can do all of that through our website, www.thespokentour.com. We'll also be hosting our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. And that is just about all we've got for you at the moment. We are going to be frantically running around this week and next, making final preparations, begging people to store our stuff for us while we're gone, and seeing if there are any other absurd pieces of gear that we can blow the rest of our money on before we leave. Sounds fun, right? All right, we think so. 